everybody, welcome back to Pack Your Mics, the Top Chef podcast from the creators of Read and Weep. This is the season finale of our Se- of our Seattle Rewatch Club. Season we 10 made it. is we in the it. books. I know it seemed like it took forever. I know that we were figuring out who was going to win this season for, for, it feels like, years. But we finally have a winner and we cannot wait to reveal that winner to you. This is season 10, episode 14 of Top Chef. Um, let me introduce you to the panel. I am Alex, uh, joined by my close associate uh, in Los Angeles. This is Megan. Good day, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Those also, are some good chums right there. Also joining us in Northern California, it's Ez and Sarah. Hello. Hello. Hey, guys. And in uh, Brooklyn, New York, it's Chris and Tanya. Hey, hey. Hey, this is what Harold Dieterle looks like now. Yeah. Or <laughs> 10 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Right. 10 years ago now. Um I do sympathize when everybody said they did not like the way they looked on TV. I get that. Uh, wow, all, humble brag. All, all, <laughs> it's a pretty, yeah, it's a pretty universal experience of uh, having some image of you taken and then having to review said image and being like, "I don't want that. I don't like it." Yeah. I think that's. Yeah, I don't. I didn't mean that to be a humble brag, Sarah. I guess I was referring to also <laughs> pictures. Yeah, I know. I'm happy um, that you've been on TV. <laughs> also, uh, running on our panel uh, in Los Angeles, in the suburbs of Los Angeles. Please yeah. welcome back, New Sarah and Kyle. Hello. Yeah, thank you. Finally, after 11 to 13 <laughs> weeks, you put our suburb bona fides in. <laughs> um, yeah, we're sub podcasting now. Okay, um, before we start talking about this episode, um, which I feel like was sort of a mashup of Top Chef and. Um, and and more of an Iron Chef sort of finale. Yeah, worst so shows. What other what other reality show could we do a finale mashup of? Would you like to see a finale or not like to see a finale done in the style of? Uh, oh. Well, they. <laughs> I was my instinct was to say the Real World Road Rules Challenge, but the oh, season so good. <laughs> but the season before this, they actually did that with their Winter Challenge, where they had to like ski and shoot things yeah ski and shoot the 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 real challenge is just like take their competitors and put them in like the most grueling situation that is designed to make half of them quit that's so true season nine also had um your ingredients are in a 10 foot block of ice good luck yes here's a small chisel yeah any two shows not well, it's one of them top top chef? Chef? Oh, okay. Yeah. Because I was going to say American Ninja Warrior and Dancing with the Stars, but <laughs> American Ninja Warrior with the, <laughs> the Stars, yeah, yeah um, where it's like famous people and they do really short little little sections, and then they yeah. have to like they grade them on how well they honored the tradition of completing that obstacle course. I love but that. I guess probably Dancing with the Stars and Top Chef would also be fun if they had to yeah. do like a tango. And they, oh, I was thinking they had to dance and then cook, but yours makes more sense. It's like a biathlon of sorts. Yeah. Sure. The um, American Ninja Warrior course for a normal person, like they, even the bad people, like get through the first obstacle. And it, most Not of the time, always. Not always. <laughs> That's the shocking oh, thing about American Ninja Warrior. It's like, wow, you really did four minutes of backstory for somebody to fall on the first <laughs> obstacle. Just, it is incredible. I, it's the hard those that thing is so hard though. There was um in they were shooting in Denver when I was there a couple years ago, and there was like a festival during the day, and you could go try out like the kids' version of the course, and it's a lot of hanging from your upper body, and I cannot do yes. any of that. So like I waited in line for twenty minutes, got to the front, and they're like, "Here, get up on here," and then I fell off, and she was like, "You can go again," and I said, "No, I'm good. <laughs> it's not going to get better." I was just embarrassed, and I walked away. It's very hard. So I guess my 
um, Ninja Warrior with the Stars would not go well for me. What about great, um, great rip? No, no I, I, I mean, really set everybody up there for some fun volleying <laughs> of that ball. I don't know. It's oh, it it seems hard. We don't, want to, yeah. we don't want to pile on for you. I mean, like, I mean, oh, wow. yeah. Your story was wasn't like, yeah, okay. Yeah, it was bad. I did bad. It's so hard. I yeah. agree that it would be hard. I agree with you too much to like riff because I'd just be saying the same thing without yeah. the firsthand experience. Well, gravity is bad for all of us. All right, like it's not just a you a problem. It works pretty much equally around the world. I, I would watch a Top Chef finale that was also sort of like BattleBots. Hmm. I would be happy that for the, the chef would be steered by a set of electronic relays. Or oh, what do you mean? On top of it, yeah, under the that's a finale. The chef's cap. Yes, that's such a great idea. Oh, that would be I would good. All the chefs at the end of like all of your sous chefs take off their hats and reveal the mice that controlled them. No, you know I I love this, but I think it's an issue of scale. I think you make. The peep, the rat driving the chef, person size, and then the chef, a giant robot, and then you're oh, making okay. really big food. I thought you were going to sure. say a giant rat, which would also no, be no, no, oh, no. I mean, <laughs> sure, I mean, whatever saying, you want it to look like is fine, but no, it needs to rat. have like a knife attachment and a flamethrower, and it needs to, like you know, like Top Chef season seventeen Pacific Rim. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, the Pacific <laughs> North Rim. Yeah. yeah what's the yeah. worst that could happen? You know. I, I just like. I do like the idea of them having to cook by robot. They have to do the entire thing remotely. I would enjoy that. Tanya? I just don't want any more mash ups <laughs> <laughs> We can end this game since it's hurting you so much. No, no, no. I mean, I did not enjoy that this was a mash up fin- finale. No, I thought the whole point of this was that it was thought. terrible. So yeah, I don't no. know why we have to come up with more. I think we, just, we didn't mash up enough things in it, right? So we can add... Uh, that's solution. not it. No. <laughs> Yeah, you take a well-seasoned show, you add an under-seasoned show, and you just need another over-seasoned show, and then it's right. all right. That's the issue. Yeah. See, the all problem right. with this beverage is that you did not add everything from the soda fountain to it. <laughs> Why is it not a suicide? Why do we not only drink suicides? This is uh, all right. Well, I'm all, we'll move along. And if you're if you're cooking up a really hot mashup, maybe we can come back to it later when Tanya's feeling better. Um, I feel like we've made her too sick. So. For the finale of Top Chef for season 10, as you all know, let me give you a quick summary of how it all went down. It's the final finale, uh, and we are starting in Mizan Place. And Mizan Place? Is oh, there a way to do that? And Media Plus. a noble attempt. Yes. And Media Plus. In, in, in Medias Plus Res. Um, uh, we're in the middle of the, the cook already. Kristen Kish and Brooke Williamson have chosen three sous chefs at some point in the past, and now they are all cooking in an absurd stadium surrounded by 150 diners, including their families and previous Top Chef winners, I believe half of which get to eat and half of which got the crap tickets and just have to watch four hours of cooking from uh, this studio without getting yeah. so much of the first gear. Free, free <laughs> smells. I mean, probably. Yeah, free smells is, the, is how they got it. Brought to you by Jimmy John's. the format of the show is simple it's a head-to-head course-to-course best of three best of threes with no explanation of meal progression and no respect for the craft first up a nasty battle where Kristen's chicken livers are singing but and uh (laughs) sometimes these are bad um Kristen's chicken livers are singing and somebody must be talking about Brooke's pig ears because they are burning second up Wow, 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 wow. Kristen's scallops are cured for what ails them, but Brooke decides, eh, when in Romanesco and wins one for herself. Wow. Round three, 
Kristen wins again with her celery root puree and bone juice while Brooke makes a Voodoo chicken and wings it. I think that's a bad thing when you wing it. There's like good winging it where you're like just messing around and there's like yeah, in yeah, golf. Yeah. Like, I, won- I winged it and it went oh. on. I think you're right. oh, sports. Okay. okay. Anyway. Thank you. <laughs> fourth course uh they both have to make a red snapper decision brooke gets cheeky and adds dry pork but Kristen says no surf all turfs and wins three and oh uh for her third win uh with her uni dosi tressi third win of the day okay Um, alex alex i have a wish for the universe now i want to give you one of those like sort of like time stopping abilities okay Uh just for you to only talk in this way for the rest of your life so you always like, no matter what, you Every have like. conversation I have is like pre-punned. <laughs> yes. You it's have just like, laced with food, food puns. You have like an hour of prep for every time you have any interaction, basically. You just, you know, uh, in, in like in zero time and bullet time. If just oh, for right. A- so it's like the way that, yeah, like where you have a conversation and then you like think of a fun answer to the argument later. It's just I have time to do all that in in pre Yes, exactly. So Wow. That's a great wish for the universe. I am glad for everyone else's sake that doesn't happen. This is your liar liar is like your son one day has a wish and all you can do is talk in afterwards. I, I realize it was folly. Yeah. Should not have had those overwritten puns. Um, just to finish up. So that was the fourth round. And because Kristen won, she is top chef and there's no fifth course, which means I assume the cast and crew gets to take the cake. And that's the episode. Oh, so we're done, right? We can stop recording. We could be done if that's enough for you. Um, what a day, you guys. What a day yeah. for for Top Chef, huh? Oh, man. This is... <laughs> I was, like, bracing myself, and it was more frustrating than I remembered because I thought yeah. of some fixes this time around. Oh, you did? What a great place to start. So what oh. are some fixes? Well, so the live finale format isn't really my favorite anyway because you feel really disconnected from the chefs but one easy thing they could have done that i think would have made me like it a lot more is if they just let them serve a five course meal and then judged it after the fact totally yes doing it course by course is kind of bullshit it just it was so so much bullshit that one is the one where i was like thomas has never seen so much bullshit before yeah exactly but it's like a meal should be a cumulative experience right and they didn't they didn't judge it didn't seem like they judged everything as how a meal progressed they were judging it just like head to head every time so it was very like one-to-one and that's like not how they judge any of the other challenges and it's not how you would judge a meal at a fine restaurant which is supposedly what top chef is all about yeah, and Tom kept coming back to you in his like blog about it and uh, and in previous judgings where he would say like what's the dish that you'd go back to this restaurant for? But like if the other two dishes around it are different, that affects the your feeling on that whole meal. I think the best example of that is the chicken wings where which everyone was so furious at Brooke for making these chicken wings, and I think if you were judging the whole meal, that kind of playfulness would work better than when it's just up against a different restaurant quality dish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It just did a disservice to like both of them, I thought. And to also judge it on the spot like that was like, you don't have time for discussion or debate or like anything. It was just so... Yeah, so let's, let's actually take the time to elaborate on the myriad problems that were there. So definitely judging course to course is the thing that made me the most angry this time around. What were some other things that were like specifically bad about the way that this was happening not even getting to hear from all of the judges if yes like the first three voted for one person so the same we didn't get the last course because it was best of three so we just stopped but the same thing with the voting is like we didn't get to hear how the other judges felt if the first three judges voted for Kristen, it was over 
Well, yeah, and it wasn't a conversation. You know, every yeah, judge right. had to basically make a decision yeah. in an isolation booth. Mm-hmm. And um, another great point. Yeah, that was super frustrating. I love, like, you know, judges' table. the The discussion is part of what makes these decisions seem more reasonable. Well, and they they couldn't have an honest conversation because everything was being like it, everything they said had to be the final thing they could say. Like they were locked into whatever decision they made and how they critiqued it or what they picked. They couldn't have they an actual, like back the and chef forth. there and an audience. So yeah, you couldn't even, you couldn't take a second to think about it. You couldn't, you had to do it all. And you couldn't say how you really felt. If there was a chance you had to like pull your punches because the chefs was there. It, it all felt mm-hmm. like basically we were trying to make like a, like a torchon in like a couple hours here where it's just like, this would have been good <laughs> with more time. Um, oh man, it's Tom, yeah. it's not it's not the it's not how you did it this time. You couldn't do it. It's physically impossible to make this episode good. Yeah. Well, they wanted to make a Top Chef episode. I blame the magical elves for it's that's such a good analogy because they put all these hurdles in front of themselves and thought they can make an episode of Top Chef when they don't have any of the like time considerations that allow them to make the show everyone wants to see. Like they had, Absolutely. they had three hours of filming, so they had to be like frantically getting B-roll of Padma talking to the winners upstairs while in between courses. Like they literally had three hours to get all the footage for the episode when so many great episodes of Top Chef are about all the stuff that happens before the cook. And, and especially, yeah, before the cook is entirely eliminated. Yeah, I missed have having time jobs. with them in like their journals. Yeah. I like yeah. it when they write in their journals and like look out off of the like balcony or whatever. Yeah. Like I like that part. And getting into the meal planning, you know, we just didn't see any of the process. It's just like, here's what the plan is. Here, here's who the sous chefs are for me and go. Well, and the fact that you see all the sous chefs before you see them choosing their sous chefs. So it's not, yeah. there's like, it, and not that that's like a super suspenseful bit, but it's just interesting to watch the selection happen. And so having it start where they're already all like sweating into their prep, like just was sort of like, Oh, Oh, well, all right. I guess we that's don't know fine. how they were like Kaneko is what really changes that makeup of sous chefs because she's the only one who wasn't super recently eliminated. And so we don't know if they got full choice of everybody, if it was just people who were, who had won or had been close to the end or lived in LA already, yeah. or if everyone, everyone was available. I, we just didn't see. Well, we didn't, we see we saw that Josie and Carla and a few others were definitely in the crowd. In the crowd. Shockingly, so Josie they were there. So it wasn't necessarily an issue of like geographic availability. I mean, to me, what that says, because Brooke's team is all L.A., people she knows, um, that she knows that Kaneko is really, really talented and just didn't do well at the Top Chef format, you know? Well, and Fawn's restaurant is in Malibu, honey. It's in Santa Monica, honey. Santa Monica, honey. Sorry. I didn't even get his condescending line right. Yeah. Um, Focus yeah. on the sh- food, not the women. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I just I like I like their discussions with the the um, sous chefs where they talk about what they're doing. Um, also, it's we, we we know that they got or yeah, we do know. I think from Tom and from others, from, from, we could have figured this out anyway. They had more time to figure out their meals than usual because there was a box of pig ears. So we know that they got to order food. Yeah. Well. It Everything was shopped for them. Everything was yeah. available. You know, they they so got to plan their meals however they, they wanted. Yeah, they had a lot of time to think about it, mm-hmm. um, which is 
like really actually I think the only his blog was not super illuminating the only illuminating the most interesting thing about Tom's blog this week was he's so mad about the chicken wings and That's he said so rude <laughs> it's so rude and I disagree with it entirely but what makes him even matter is knowing that they had like weeks to think about this meal it wasn't a rush decision because they got to order everything in advance and so she chose chicken wings like with full with a full night's sleep and that made him even angrier, which I think is wrong, but it's just that part tells us that they were getting all this time to think about their meal. So we didn't get to watch any of the journaling. We didn't get to, they did all the journaling at home. That's weird. So I I want to talk, I want to say something about the chicken wings because like I get it. I think I might agree more with Tom because like she actually made them like chicken wing, chicken wings. Like, if she was actually doing fried chicken and having, like, the wing connected and showing, like, making it an actual piece of chicken, I could mm. see that as something they'd like more and see more as the level of dish. I think part of it is, like, she really dressed it and cut it and made it like bar chicken wings and not something that was, like, the same meat but showing she could cook fried chicken. I think that's totally fair. Also, they did not like her sides, and that probably makes a difference. If the... If they had loved, because the, I do think they, it seems like sometimes they love the playfulness of doing like a bar snack as really high end food. Mm-hmm. But in this case, if the rest of it is just like meh, then it goes back to being a bar snack. Yeah. But yeah, again, we don't know. Think, we didn't have a discussion about it. Well, and for this one to be like, you know, it's for all the marbles, it's a super big deal. And to come in with like an axe to grind about like, remember that one time I didn't do fried chicken right is. Right is like it's sort of the wrong proving place it's not that you don't want to prove that point but like this might not be the time to like try to be like and i can do fried chicken like it's just not quite <laughs> right, now you've got of ground axe in your food i don't think wings are fried chicken either like when i think of fried chicken i'm not thinking of chicken wings right. no had i been had i ordered fried chicken and been served this i would have been like well this is fun but i don't know what this has to do with fried chicken <laughs> yeah yeah but I, I do wonder if it would have changed in the course of if they were talking about a, a meal development. If she had had, if it had been like, oh, she has this kind of, you know, playfulness, this silly bar snack. But you can see how it ties together with these. Not not that I know that it did. But if you could say we see that it ties in with this meal progression, that might change, might be a little different versus just like I'm comparing this to um, this bone puree. I So I, I feel like this was the producers kind of misunderstand what the thing is that people like about the product. Right. Classic success problem. Where where it's like, like, and maybe this is like, you basically, you take this kind of like whole thing, right. Which has a lot of different elements of it, of like, you know, there's some drama before there's uh, interpersonal relationships. There's a personal story you have um, as a chef uh, kind of going into the challenge. There's a whole family element by the end. It's like, you know, whole kind of big thing. And then you try to take the one part of it, which is, uh, stressful uh, food prep um, and just go all in on that. Uh, you know, Doing and, uh, chores under duress. Yeah. And, and that's like, that's, that's good with everything else, but it's like really misunderstanding. I think like what people are going to like, what they, they what they want from you and like what they're enjoying. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I think that's absolutely right. What were some other, you know, other com- um, specific complaints about this format or what it did? I, I mean, not to double up, but I remember when I saw this live, the thing I was like, Oh, this is about to end. Um, there isn't time for another course. That means oh, that Kristen yeah. must have won. Um, right. Oh, in terms mm-hmm. of looking at the elapsed time. Yeah. yeah right. Like, cause there's just like, Oh, like this is like, we're, at, we're at basically we're at time. Uh, and so mm-hmm. to know that that was like, this, like that, that the clock gives it away basically. It was another kind yeah. of bummer. Yeah, yeah, well, extent, yeah. Not having, yeah. Not having the vote, not getting to serve the other course is just super annoying. Um, yeah. yeah. It's well, like, no one we don't, we don't, we don't get cake. 
Yeah. I, yeah, I was also, stressed yeah. about that, especially in Chris actually. Yeah, Chris pointed that out too, that like Brooke's desserts are often like so cool to see and so interesting. Yeah. And, you know, regardless of who we wanted to win in our heart of hearts, it still would have been cool to see what she was dreaming up for dessert. Yeah. And you don't get, you know, the, again, I mean, we just keep harping on this, but when you judge round by round, each judge in isolation, you're not getting to judge it on the merits of telling a cohesive story. So you don't get that cap to the meal. Um, also, I think Brooke makes better desserts than Kristen does. And so had it gone to five rounds, I think Brooke would have won it. But, and especially having you know. the their different styles where Kristen's is so minimalist and perfect that that might win every time in a taste off. But that if you were to have the whole meal, you might be like, I actually kind of want to go have that fun one where she did like scallops with 14 sauces. Like I just had fun eating and then chicken wings like it was it might have been such that having that meal would be a different experience versus just like everything you did was perfect, but I'm just not in the mood for it right now. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know for sure, but maybe. Yeah, there was enough variation in the different ways in which Kristen's perfection was shown that I don't think people at least didn't seem like they were getting tired of it. Yeah, but. I I don't know which one. Okay, so which meal do you guys think that you would want? I I guess I'm a little biased just because I want to live in a vat of Romanesco. Um, mm. it's just so delicious. Um, but you know, yeah, we, we have we have houses instead. You don't have to. Like there are lots of options for. Yeah, I'm sorry. I should be clear. I'm sure. Yeah, this wouldn't be a vat of Romanesco like in the woods, it would be in a house. So I would also get the benefits of a house, but then I would just be able to, anytime I wanted total immersion tank of delicious sauce. You just want to eat sauce. That's also touched all of your body. Is that... <laughs> it's my body. No one else's body. That's fine. Everyone gets what is eating with your hands with? That food has touched your body. Every chicken wing has touched your body. No, but your whole body. <laughs> Every chicken wing has touched all of my body before I eat. <laughs> yes, uh, you eat chicken wings. <laughs> All right, so joining you guys for meals that you made is not something that's <laughs> not on the table a anymore. Of, a lot of benefits to the social distancing thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, which meal would you guys be more interested in eating? So I've got complex thoughts because my real answer is I'd rather have neither meal because mm. they both look like the type of restaurant I wouldn't like actively go to. Like this, Neither one of these restaurants are where I'd spend like my splurge special money on i'd want to be going to someplace that was a little bit more like down to earth like i want to go to girl in the goat i want to go to like a stephanie is or or david chang like there's this place in chicago called the publican that's like what i want to splurge on but like so like like a down home fancy a little bit down to earth but also still fancy like just more relatable like i i'm not always looking for like the sort of future leaning or like super classical food i want something that like is a little bit more approachable but between these two like i guess i have to go with Kristen in the same way i'm like i guess spotlight is the best picture (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah in this in this you're only allowed to eat these two meals so that's what i'm making you choose between it is funny if one of the, if Tom was like, so for the third course, I'd rather go to Girl and the Goat. Is that an option? 
for my course. <laughs> Stephanie Ezra, come on down. <laughs> oh my God. Side note on, on our girl, Steph. We were watching this episode and Kyle's like, God, imagine being Stephanie seated at that table. Oh man. I, that was going to be my big dislike of this episode. Yeah. Was the gallery of dudes who have all won a thing so they can all be jerks about it. <laughs> Just like, I'm yeah. exhausted. None yeah. of you talk. You None know who of you doesn't talk. seem like a jerk? Michael Voltaggio. You want to know why? He's not talking. <laughs> yeah, he's silent. He's silently eating his food and breaking I mean, it down into all of its components in his mind. About, about how he'd rather be cooking. Voltaggio he should like be walking. seen, not heard, guys. Yes, <laughs> that's probably a rule in their household. Yeah, was, seen if if must. <laughs> yeah, blaze on braze was not anything I needed or wanted to hear. <laughs> oh my god, I was like, oh yeah, blaze is here at this point. It was yeah, really funny. Hung's doing well. You know, okay, so 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 just to give a little flip side, the one one thing that I thought that I really liked about this format was the Gail on the street interviews, where Gail goes and sits with your family and asks why your son is sleeping. That's <laughs> yeah. a good time for me. Watching Brooke's son not give a shit about this competition was like one of my favorite parts well, of it. He's like three. <laughs> he's three. I mean, this was like yeah, it was like at least a four hour, five hour filming. Like this is a long day, probably the middle of the night, actually. But just watching Hudson be tuckered out, and then even during the celebration, he was just like, guys. <laughs> I got to be up at five in the morning to run around for no reason. I do not have the energy for this. Sarah, do you want to uh, give some insight into Tuckered Out Kids? Yeah, please. Um, I mean, it made perfect sense, but I was just going to agree that it's hands down the best part of this entire extremely boring, horrible finale that I just really don't have much to say about. <laughs> well, not just the kid, but also like Kristen's dad saying that she she's oh, his Kristen's top chef. dad was so sweet. So sweet. Oh, my God. Also, yeah, I'm a nice person. The hugs, also, the hugs, and the sleepy yes. kids. Yes, I mean that's that's fine. I mean we didn't need anything else. Um, I also liked Ilion uh, destroying the centerpiece like a rock star. Oh <laughs> yeah, that was, was not deposit back. Yeah, for sure not. <laughs> I don't think it was made clear that all of this was rented uh, to Ilion, but those are the only things that I think I actually liked. I, I guess if I was going to say something about the sh- the cooking that I was almost interested, was having the judges be in the room with them. They knew it was CJ's fault about the pig ears. Yeah. They still, it didn't matter. It didn't change their judging, but at least they got to know in their heart of hearts that Brooke didn't mess up the pig ears. They should have eliminated CJ again, just for, just for. <laughs> <laughs> but Look, CJ, the whole time there's an alternate finale going on in the other studio. <laughs> Well, they just they just refuse to declare a winner, and they're just like, instead of announcing Top Chef, we're just going to fire CJ, and that'll be the end of the season. <laughs> Look, I'm not voting for Kristen; I'm voting against CJ. Just so yeah, we have an anti we have an anti Top Chef. We have a bottom chef. Mm-hmm. Big siege, bottom chef uh, for sure. I do feel like the next time I burn something while cooking, I am going to think of like a gallery of the judges just being like, I mean, she's just watching it burn. She's right there. She's right there. What is happening? <laughs> oh, that's brutal. Has anyone uh, had uh, pig's ears in their lifetime? Sure. Yes. Probably. Really? I've had wow. pig face. That shit's good. They smell, they that's smell really good. Oh, man. <laughs> This part's hard, and I don't know how to ask follow-up questions. <laughs> you guys talk amongst yourself about pig face. Oh man, wow! What was the context of this? I guess we're like, were you like at like a? Was it a normal situation to be eating a pig face? I guess is the question I have. Yeah, well, pig face—it's like pig cheek, like it's, yeah, cheek jowl. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a 
pretty common thing. And like to bring up Stephanie Izzard again, like one of her signature dishes at Girl and the Goat was she doesn't uh, get to win. She's already won. Kyle. She has a pig face salad that's like crispy pieces of pig cheek, uh, in like with like greens, and it's just like a very good, like. It's a very good type of greasy pork. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's not like too uh, fatty where it has a, it doesn't have that cracklins texture. It's like it's kind of uh, closer to bacon and jerky and how like firm and flavorful it is. Was the beef cheek that she did or was it? Wait, what was wasn't there cheek? Yep. In, she did beef um, cheeks as part of something else. Yeah, she yeah. did uh, with her surf and turf. That was broke, no, it was, yeah. it was pork, pork cheek. It was braised pork, pork cheek. cheek. So yeah, was that actually exactly. face cheek, or does that mean something else? No, it's no, the face. Yeah. Oh, okay. So she had pork ear, pig ears and pig face. Yeah, yeah. use every part of the pig, pig face. Head. I want to yeah. make sure I'm not like uh, conflating because cheek could be butt. What different oh, cheeks? Yeah. Oh man, yeah. that was rump. When no, you're patting the cheeks. It's is it because the the. The butt, the butt, what do they call it? The bu- Boston butt? Isn't the butt not a butt? No, it's from the side. Oh, this oh, is man. confusing. We'll never know. Yeah, no, it's the jowl. It it's no, the it, jowl. Yeah, it is jowl. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I saw that too. So pig cheek is jowl or face. Yeah. This is, um. yeah, this is... Uh, we can this move is on. just too confusing. Yeah. If you could just name yeah. each part of the body after a part of the bo- a different part of the body... I, it's just too much. We can't just let that happen. What's well, also how pork shoulder is from the hind legs. Oh, come on. God damn it. <laughs> you, got, you had one job. <laughs> Maybe like the person who like was like naming pig parts, which is like looking at it backwards this whole time, or like and just really didn't understand the anatomy like when, when they were doing it. Yeah, but they were really intimidating. Nobody wanted to like raise their hands. So they're like, "Yeah, I guess." <laughs> no, guys, this is the shoulder. It's like, you sure? <laughs> oh, all right, no shoulder. No, this is where I have to uh, correct oh, myself. Like, immediate correction. I, immediate correction. The, the thing that's similar is Boston butt is also shoulder, and the actual butt is ham. So, oh, pork so shoulder I, is shoulder, but butt is shoulder, and actual butt is ham. What does it say about Boston? Yeah, seriously, this is a really interesting Boston psychology. I don't know. We can't talk uh, about Boston. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could because Seymour was hanging out in the crowd. We could ask her advice. Yeah, I love Seymour. It's it's she gives good TV. Yeah, she's so fun. That was um, nice. That was nice to sort of like to to see her in that moment and to know the disappointment she had there and to know that it was going to be yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, that made me feel really good. Like, well, also to know that middling that middle part where she's going to be in the season behind Nick Elmwe when he wins, and she's just staring hate at him while he, she congratulates him with her claps. There's so much good stuff in Seymour's future. Hmm. Um, yeah, what this is only the beginning? Yeah, she's got a yeah, yeah good good long road ahead. And you know, I for for all the I Sarah, I echo everything you said about the finale. How it's boring, and you know, there's not a lot of good parts. I I think this does demarcate at least, you know, sort of a next chapter in Top Chef where after this we started to see, you know, it kind of change and and be different than than what we'd seen before. Yeah, it does seem like they have gone back to like they're still messing around all the time. The one thing about the show is they don't like two seasons to be identical. They're like always trying new stuff, which I I think I might like in theory. Um, this was a big miss, but it does seem like they learned enough from it that from now on they just go back to here's your here's your 
great setup, plenty of time, good sous chefs, cook the best thing you could cook. Tell us a story, like and like a general theme that's like the story of you. Like yeah. they've really focused on doing like good clean finales after this, I think, and I like that a lot better. The other thing that I looked up just because I wanted to see like if this might have been why they changed things so much. I looked at the ratings over like the first twelve seasons. And so Top Chef peaked, like, success-wise, strangely with the New York season. And then, like, New York and Las Vegas were their most successful, well-watched seasons. But then the DC and All-Star season were, like, almost, like, 800,000 fewer viewers. Like, it's almost a million viewers lower than the seasons before. And Austin took another jump down. So it was, like, in... Uh, New York and Las Vegas, it started with 2.6 million viewers and then ended with 3.4. But with the Austin season, it started with 1.6 and ended with 1.85. So they were definitely like trying to mix things up. This is exactly what this episode felt like, was that they were afraid of declining ratings and they Mm -hmm. were failing. Yeah, they were trying to do anything to look at like other shows that maybe weren't more successful, but at least like had audiences to see if that could spark something in top chef. Yeah. That's so interesting. It, I mean, it feels like a jumping shark kind of moment. Um, although it's smartly like settled. Actually, that's probably a better metaphor for jumping the shark since that season, that show like had like six more seasons after he jumped over a shark. Well, so, and, and I also think that it's just, you know. it is also like lining up with just what TV ratings have done over the last 12 years where they just started going down and everyone sort of, Every TV show, every network was trying to do whatever they could to like spark viewers. And that's weird that Top Chef is still like, I don't know what the ratings are for the last few years because that's not on Wikipedia. Uh, But it's wild that it's sort of gotten through this and it feels like it's more popular now than ever. Well, it also might have just decided that this, like, it found like a million and a half viewers for Bravo is not bad. And they might have been like, you know what, actually, this is like a solid hit. And we don't have to be, we don't have to go for that mega hit viewership. We can just do a good job for the people we have. A thing that I think all eight of us understand really well as a show. (laughs) At some point, give up on trying to be a hit. Just do a good job for the few people who care about you. (laughs) Or in our case, do an okay job. For the people who care. Let me read a quick email. I love that unprompted you just downgraded the job we do for no reason at all. <laughs> I mean, like, on, on closer two second reflection, I'd like to change our job from good to okay. If I could do it also self-correction, the bo- we should, we know the thing that you're thinking about Boston butts are not what, what is true. So it is not, but like a, it's like the, for the Boston butt cut of the, um, of the, of the pork. Um, yeah. It's not, but like, 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 like rump. It is but because that's like the barrel name of the barrel uh, that they were transported in, um, I guess, uh, in New England, uh, like around the like American Revolutionary War. So like it comes from the word. Uh, but did, they, cast did they know that that word was previously assigned to rumps? To, I don't know if they knew about butts at that point. I do feel like this is kind of pre butts. We were like pretty shy about butts. Back the land before butts. I think butts really have is like a last 20 year invention. Butts are butts are new and fresh, and they're yeah, yeah, think, and everyone's going to yeah, butt trade butts, like in the early two thousands. I this is interesting, Ezra. And I'm glad to know that they didn't just name the bodies of the parts of a pig wrong. Um, 
but it doesn't make it any less confusing. If you're like, I, I'm expecting any moment you're like, oh, it turns out pig feet are actually from the eyeballs. Like, just give me the, just tell me the part. All right. Anyway. It just makes me realize that every time I'm confronted with one of those like butchery maps of an animal that like I'm I'm always like, oh, ooh, learning. And then somehow I managed to not read a single thing on that chart. Like <laughs> every single time I'm like, yes, wow, let's like, get into yes, it. Yes, meat education is great and minimizing food waste and respecting the animal and all that. And I'm like, yes, I, I understand and I'm on board. And like, so what what'd you learn? I was like, I don't know. Yeah, like <laughs> what part of the neck is this though? And I'm like, what? What? Nope. Um, speaking of learning, I will say, since it feels like this was trying to be Iron Chef, I really do like Iron Chef. Um, and this is not, this did none of the things that Iron Chef does well. The main thing that I love about Iron Chef is Alton Brown and his team wandering around explaining how food is working. Like the, the point of doing all the cooking live like that is that he's watching his little monitor. He's like, Oh, did you see that sizzle? That's because of this science fact. Like you just learn about food in a way that this did none of. And they talked to the chefs about what they're thinking in a way that we got none of here. I think there's like, it's like they tried to be another thing and also didn't understand what was good about that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. They biffed it. <laughs> it, it, it bad. They winged it. I wonder what, um, if, what if any influence top chef masters had on later seasons? Cause I, I just oh. looked that up. That went from like 2009 to 2013. Yeah. And this was 2012. So, so when I the masters left, maybe they were like, oh, we actually had, you know, s- something good right? with the format of that. And maybe we want to keep Take that the energy ethos going. Of, yeah, yeah. And also get more almost master level chefs on the show. Yeah. And maybe yeah. Just also have it be about respect and yes. not drama. Yeah, that exactly. That's the thing that we I think got all of us into the show is when they had respect for food and not none of us are here for the drama. I'm sure some people watch the show for the drama, but that is not our way. Um, let me bring in one more voice on this. Not that guy's voice. Um, specifically, the voice of Allison by email who gave us a, a, a great email uh, subjected Ugh, the finale. Um, actually, and then and then the opening is Ugh. so a much longer. <laughs> um, so I finished my rewatch a couple weeks ago, um, and I should have sent my thoughts in then. I'll try, so I'll try to keep this short. But in summary, I hated this finale then, and I really, really hate it now. Mm-hmm. Um, Top Chef uh, traditionally has a great finale format: two, sometimes three finalists, a straightforward challenge, cook the meal of your life. Then you get to see them pick sous chefs, which is interesting. Um, whether they, like the one time they did by a blind taste test, sometimes it's um, just the chefs they want to work with the most. I like seeing all those decisions. Then you see menu creation and execution, and you can see the judges wax poetic about how good everything is because it always is. And it's lovely to hear the judges enjoy everything so much. It's just nice to watch good chefs make good food and watch people enjoy that food. Um, with some exceptions, <coughs> Nicholas. Um, even if my favorite doesn't win, I do feel like I watch an episode of great foodie TV in this one. We don't see Brooke and Kristen pick sous chefs. We don't see them make any decisions. There's no conceptualizing of dishes. Brooke doesn't even get to cook her whole meal. I'm sure both of their meals were amazing, but it just makes it look like Brooke totally bombed, which is a, um, an interesting thing about watch not going to see all the votes too, is because Kristen got, it looks like Brooke got zero votes on all three of those dishes, which is an extra bummer because she definitely did not bomb. It looks like really, really good food back to Allison. Um, it is uh, the least satisfying f- finale format by a mile. 
I don't particularly care how Charleston was a partial all-star se- care for how Charleston was a partial all-star season, but I'm glad Brooke got to be in a good finale as well. Yeah. Um, I was wondering, is there like a, can we think of a, a different phrasing, like the opposite of age, like a fine wine, because like, this is like, yeah, this is like, milk. Oh, but that, that turns well, out cheese. There are known opposites, Ezra. No, that, no. just like the internet. Does, there is like a aged like milk is like a thing the internet says when you have an old t- you surface an old take. That's bad. Oh, hold on a second. We have buttermilk. We turn things into cheese. I don't know if that really feels accurate. Yeah. Buttermilk smells like mm. butt. That's why it's <laughs> butt. Which, which butt? No, no, no. Oh. No, it's the shoulder of the milk. Yeah, it smells like milk shoulder, but they call it butt because it smells like butt. <laughs> it was transported in Boston. Yeah, if you want to make your argument that the that milk aging is great because of buttermilk, I, just deaf ears for okay. me. That is. A, have that you is ever a had a pancake? Life. Have you ever had a pancake, Alex? I have. Yeah, they're have great. You ever had a buttermilk pancake? Yeah, no difference. They are necessary. Is buttermilk really just old milk? I thought it was. It's good. It's cultured. It, you give it some time. You make sure it has like like the. Uh, it went to Wellesley. <laughs> <laughs> Such a better reference. Yes. Yeah. It's cultured. Um. It's, no. It's not just sitting. You don't just leave milk on the counter and then it smells awful. And one day you're like pancakes. That's not how it works. It's a different thing. Also, same with cheese. It's not like just if I just leave this milk long you enough after the date, it becomes I'm, cheese. I'm not saying you don't have to do some stuff into it, but you have to do some stuff for the wine also. Like it has to be like right well, you condition. You just let it go. Once you forget you about it. you have the fine wine and it's aging, then it's aging like fine wine. It's not yes. aging like great grapes. Yes. That's exactly. not how the- yes. <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted to make, but I'm not smart enough. Tanya, for the win. I still say then that there's a, better, there's a better thing that, like, look, that is one thing, but the, it doesn't yeah. sound enough like fine wine. I think there's like a, age, like a fine blank. I think would be a better like a uh, like parody, I guess, for the sentence. I want. I'm wondering if there's something with that. Uh, the only thing I was come with, and I mean, in honor of our listener email, I'm going to feel bad about this, but it's like age, like a wet shit. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's awful. That turns the fertilizer, though, right? Wouldn't that be beneficial? Oh, no, but it's it started out bad. You know? <laughs> I, I, I don't think. I don't think if it's wet that it becomes fertilizer. I, I, it's got to have some like. I don't want to think about this. I don't approve any of the poop talk. We are going to move on. You know what? I have to say, I'm not surprised that our conversation about this finale turned into this. Yeah, I like uh, that Sarah's got some got some spice. Seriously, Sarah is as enthusiastic about this finale as she was about our sports episode. Hate <laughs> <laughs> it all, don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay, it, yeah, this this aged like a fine sports episode, guys. Um, what were you going to say that aged like milk, though? Oh, this, uh, this season, yeah, finale? yeah, this 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 finale coming back coming back to this after like you know uh, nearly a decade, yeah. It, it it aged like a fine taco. It is, it is not I'm, made better. I mean, I think that's how we can we can talk about the whole season in general. Is that I did not think that this aged well, but I also did not enjoy it as much at the time. So I don't even know if this counts as like this may have aged like Walt Disney's head. It's like it was always bad and it stayed bad. It's exactly the same bad Ooh. as it was there. Oh, we ago. thought that was kind of good at times, right? His head? Yeah, I don't know it made some things in that people liked for sure. Well, I guess. Yeah, yeah, no, sure. I mean, after he died. And oh, the free- that's important to to add that distinction in. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, he's been dead for a long time. Well, I know. Um, well, I don't know when you start the aging process. No, I didn't say like this is like I didn't say like living Walt Disney. I said his head. His head was like, part of him during his life. Head. He got turned into a fine head. 
<laughs> anyway, um, so let's let's end on thinking a little bit more about how the overall season felt for you guys. Is there any? I mean, we've covered this pretty thoroughly, but do you have any final thoughts, finale thoughts on Seattle? One, um, closing one the thing door. I was just thinking is, um, you know, Kristen uh, won because of Last Chance Kitchen. She mm-hmm. was able to come back and win through Last Chance Kitchen, which is all head to head decided sort of on the spur of the moment. Yeah, no deliberation. So it it is maybe kind of appropriate to have this. That's true. She was, she had honed her head to head voting the skills before Mm -hmm. this. That's such a good point. This does sort of like uh, expose. I mean, I think this is good critique to all my like last change kitchen trutherism where (laughs) I had a hard time believing she was actually winning. But like, if she's going up head to head with Brooke, and like everyone has to be like, I unfortunately have to again give it up to Kristen. Like, <laughs> it, yeah, they wanted it to be. It seemed like all of them wanted it to be competitive. And every time they voted for Kristen, like knowing that they were making the episode shorter, they're like, I can't not say this. Yeah, yeah. actually, that's an interesting thing that I that this reminded me of from other cooking shows. Like, if you watch like Hell's Kitchen. He does these things where it's like uh, the teams are doing a challenge and he, there's a head to head matchups and the team with the most points wins. And yet over 15 seasons, every time he's done that, it's come down to the final dish. Somehow, magically, there's never a uh, drubbing. It's always by one. And it seems like and I which obviously truth is, uh, is suspicious. Obviously, there's producers involved and they're like, tell it like, let's we, we know who's we, we like we've tell me your vote secretly and I'll decide what order we go in and revealing the votes or whatever so that you get a close match. And this show just forgot to do it. And they just forgot to let us get to the cake to decide. Mm-hmm. They, the, the producers didn't intervene at all. There was no mystery about it. There was no suspense. It was just like, well, three, no, three, no, again, three, no, again. Well, I think there's also, I mean, to me, it was interesting because uh, Brooke has more of a, like, like a pedigree in like the sort of established world. Like there, there feels like there's a lot of like, you know, the chefs that are, that are like guest judging and things like that. People that are coming in and out are already very aware of her. And so in a way, Kristen's win, I mean, as you know, coming out of last chance kitchen and everything too, like there is this like underdog feeling to it. And there is this sense that like Brooke, like has the right, like pedigree for this. And so I don't know, there was just an interesting tension there to me of like how, how sort of storied Brooke feels this time around, which I like honestly did not pick up on the first time we watched this, but Mm -hmm. there's so many, there are so many weird little interview moments and so many, you know, kind of like asides about like, well, Brooke's just always been like this. Brooke's just incredible. We've known about Brooke since she was seven years old, (laughs) you know? And I, I, I felt like it was an interesting flip to have Kristen who like you get plenty of her backstory but it doesn't have that same feeling of like like I've been you know you know Brooke has been at my knees since I can remember yeah, <laughs> yeah slaving yeah. away at a small but well-regarded restaurant in the back hole city of Boston Massachusetts <laughs> yeah <laughs> I meant to say back water not back uh, water back hole the front of the pig the back hole is all the way on the side um I, yeah, I, I, that actually reminds me, Tanya, and this is not enough in response to what you just said, which I agree with and I think is good. But that does remind me that both of these chefs are so amazing and that one of the reasons why this finale is so frustrating is I just wanted to see both of them shine more and better. 
I want it to be a better um, highlighting of both of these incredible chefs. Also, I kind of wanted them both to win. So the downside to having a f- perfect finale like that is that someone I think should win is going to be disappointed. I Yeah, I mean, this this whole thing, I guess if, what my takeaways from the season are, it's really more from people who we saw again in a later season and who, like, shown themselves to be good, basically. Right? Like, so I think, like, I... I, I, I the, the This... There's not really a uh, conclusion on this in and of itself in the context of everything around it, I guess, where it's like we get to see Sheldon again uh, and, and do so well, right? And I think, like, get to see Brooke again. Um, and, and then also we see John uh, Tazar again. I think those are, like, those are, for me, like, the, the kind of the, the things that... Seymour? Um, okay, yes, yeah, so and we do get... Yeah, that's true. I forgot she was in the beginning of this as well. Uh, but, yeah, basically, this is the start of the, t- of the time on Top Chef where you have to have two appearances for it to count. Everybody on Top Chef is doing their first appearance to get warmed up, and then it's the second one that really matters. Yeah, I mean, and because I, I guess the, and it matters. I think every time you show up, right, and like how how you come across, right, and that like I think like CJ, I think like uh, even though it was really good on Last Chance Kitchen, I think like you know doesn't age super well. I guess in terms of like how how the appearance was, I guess for him. Why would you say age is like? <laughs> like a 200 year old person <laughs> i was gonna say ages like a redwood oh Straight it just up. Gets super tall. yeah <laughs> just you could drive a car through it that's how old it is yeah um i uh yeah all right i feel like we're like we are out of uh, takes for seattle i feel like we've We've really yeah, when you said Seattle like a little bit ago, I remembered all of a sudden that this was supposed to be the Seattle season. Yeah, they really tied it up to Seattle again at the end. They mentioned Seattle a lot in the finale, and that made me feel like it was part of the season. I will say I said this before, but this is still true that although I think this was a terrible representation of Seattle, it did remind me that I miss Seattle and I haven't been in a while and it makes yeah. me want to go back. So there's it did your tourist uh, board got their dollars worth from me i think yeah you know we often do iron chef in seattle so it's good that this <laughs> reminded can't, that you can't throw a stone of that can't, can't get a latte without 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 bumping into iron chef competition a delicious seattle tradition has taken root on american shores <laughs> just like a, a table of nine men wondering about how they're going to steam the milk this time <laughs> well you guys um I, I think that leaves us just to think about how excited we are about the next Portland season and all of the changes they seem to be making that seem to be for the good instead of just for the sake of changing stuff. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait. Very much looking forward to that. Um, uh, the last thing I guess of the season I want to leave you guys with, I'm sure most of you saw this, but just in case you were not on Instagram this week um, enough, Bridget um, made sure that we all were, we all saw Padma's video. Yes. Telling Donald Trump to pack his knives and go. It was important. It was very delightful. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's it's the opposite of the tone she has when she tells a lot of people to leave. Uh, it was great. Jubilant. It's as if, yeah, yeah, she, it's as if she got to like to, to kick off like uh, like uh, Nicholas Elmy or something like that. It was just... It was, <laughs> she was so stoked. It was fun. What a gem she is. Uh, we are all lucky to have Padma. Um... All right. Well, I think that's going to be our wrap on Seattle season. We really appreciate everybody who came along on this journey with us on our rewatch club. Or if you're doing your rewatch of your on your own, you know, we've got all these back seasons you can jump into at any point. So maybe you're listening to this at a very a time where that video doesn't make any sense to you or uh, maybe it's 30 years down the road. Maybe this show 
has aged like a fine pork butt. <laughs> but we, we really appreciate. Yeah, but by that I mean aged in a butt barrel. Um, <laughs> butts really and butts gives and butts. Fine Boston, Boston butt taste. Um, we, <laughs> we really appreciate you hanging out with us, um, guys. In the in the meantime. Let me just let's leave with this. What else are you guys going to be in, taking in? What else are you guys going to be watching now going forward? I know we've heard some definitely some people are into the uh, the Bake Off's new season. Um, I know we talked a little bit last week about the pottery show. What else are you guys oh. enjoying? Fill the hole. We're now deep this- in the pottery show. Oh, uh, the pottery show is so good. Yes. Thank oh yeah, because I knew you last week. Yeah, last week you told us about it. This week we're into the second series, and boy, yes. are we just—we're having a great time. Also, I think Kyle and I are gonna go back and watch Charleston because we never actually finished that season. Oh yeah, enjoy. Oh. enjoy. Uh, yeah. So I'm interested to go back to that. Yeah, and That's I super think, fun. Uh, we might do Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Oh. I Dawson's don't want to wait for. I, I hear it. <laughs> I hear it holds up. Um, uh, there's a great uh, YouTube video I watched that was um, Dawson's Creek without Dawson. It was just Joey and Pacey's love story <laughs> without any Dawson. In it. Wow. Incredible. It was no actually quite long, but I watched the whole thing. It was good. <laughs> what can I can I? So I don't have to watch all of it if I don't want to. What is the ownership situation vis-a-vis the creek? <laughs> I'm not sure that's a plot point in the show. Because oh, well. how does one own a creek? How does one in did does he get like mining rights to the creek or oh, you can own a creek? Own the creek? Yeah. yeah. Do you own the whole creek or just the part that goes to your property? Well, you could own all the property on each side of the creek and no, therefore like, I don't understand the show. This is not for me. I'm really curious about where the creek originates. How do you own a creek as a high schooler also? I think that's really the question I have. Well, I, yeah, I mean obviously family wealth, but inheritance, but um all right. So, those are some interesting votes. Um Chris and Tanya, what else are you guys going to be enjoying? Uh have we fallen into like an HGTV rabbit hole it's and terrible. I don't I don't feel incredible about it, but I certainly know a lot more about joists. <laughs> you can't stop it from happening. No, no. Yeah. You're, you're going to run into electrical problems. I'm just saying. Yeah, you're yeah. going to need about $30,000 more in your reno budget just, just <laughs> for always. safety. Yeah. Um, Sarah and Kyle? No, we already talked to you. Um, yes. Ez and Sarah. The Crick. <laughs> the Crick. Yeah, you're watching The Crick. The only other reality show we do is Bake Off, but we've... I really like the show Rita on Netflix. I don't know if you guys have seen that. It's it's Danish, so there's subtitles, but it's Ooh. fantastic. Mm. <laughs> Wait, you were just excited about it because it was Danish, Tanya? Is that what got you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I what, think what that's, yeah. That's, being that's, that's what Lord me. Reading. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, it's, 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 it's just kind of a, it's just a, a, a teacher who uh, is kind of a badass and kind of a mess, but um, yeah, and wears a lot of flannel. I know there's lot, there's there's lots of lots of good parts to it. Yeah. I know I'm I'm not watching all the way through, so I like I kind of like dip in and out. Uh, it's most, mostly Sarah's show, uh, but I, I always enjoy it. So, oh, and there are five seasons. Yeah. Wow, hello, and, oh man, and, and a short spinoff also. Yeah, but I've okay. heard I've heard the spinoff is not so good, so I don't know if I'm going to watch that yet. Depends on how much I miss it when I finish, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Megan and I have not seen the current Bake Off um, because of. Hashtag justice for Melon Sue. But we were considering it. We're also, we missed a, a Canada. There was a Top Chef Canada that aired during this last <laughs> Top Chef, and we missed it because we're so focused on that. 
So we may go back and pick that up. And then also we were talking about just continuing on on uh, Top Chef and watching New Orleans, but then stopping before the finale. Oh, just going back and enjoying all the fun New Orleans stuff, but not letting Nicholas win. Wow. Might just be an emotional decision we're willing to make. Wow. I just want to see some hip tang, you know? I just oh. oh man. I so many memories just came back. <laughs> no, that's, that's how we were feeling when when Hulu was like, we want to watch this next one. Oh wow. wow. Goodness me. Yeah. Um, so those are some options. Well, uh, we really appreciate you guys hanging out with all of us uh listeners, and then also I really appreciate panelists, you guys making this time during the during COVID to keep hanging out and watching TV with me. Um yeah, we have no announcements to make at this moment about the show itself. We will have some meetings later. If yeah, we will not we'll uh, declare victory or concede at this point uh, for the <laughs> season. You'll, you'll have to not sleep for a few weeks until we get there. Yeah. <laughs> Please, if you guys could just refresh our, our feed every five minutes until we get a result, that would yeah. be uh, ideal for us. But yeah, we'll, we're going to take a little bit. We're going to go into, into sleep mode for a bit and see if we want to come back before the Portland season or if we're just going to wait for that to drop. So we will be back with you. We always appreciate recommendations or requests. If you have stuff that you really want us to do, we've had a couple requests to watch other back seasons and a couple requests not to. So it's kind of a weird. <laughs> Don't ever do this again. Yeah, well, not because, like us, but because they just, the back seasons are not that good. And the uh, further back you go, the, the more problematic they become. So, yeah. Um, and that it is weird about going backwards on shows that have been good at removing people who have had have been found to have problems. And so when you watch it backwards, you're like, oh, look who's uncanceled. And that's weird. Um, yeah. So anyway, we're going to we'll, we appreciate your your um, suggestions, though. So please send them along. Podcasts. No, wait. Mailbag at packyourmics.com is the best place. Mailbag at packyourmics.com. All right. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with us. New Sarah and Kyle. It's been a pleasure, guys. It's been so lovely. And uh, Chris and Tanya. Bye, everybody. Um, <laughs> Fare thee well. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, great news, Chris. What? Nobody's eliminated today. Oh, nice. Yeah, we were doing it head to head. And so no one's heard you since about minute 30. Mm. We didn't get okay. to hear the rest uh, of your uh, podcast. Fine. Uh, okay. As long as I'm still here. You know, like to hang out. Uh, Ez and Sarah and, uh, and Totoro. No. Thanks for hanging out, guys. May I say bye? Bye. Oh, bye. Bye, uh, bye, Maya. And uh, my associate, Megan, great working with you. It's been a pleasure, Alex. Yes, it's it's an honor and a privilege. All right, we will talk to everybody at some point in the future, probably. Goodbye. Bye.